welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. And today I'm really excited for you guys to meet Christine Hassler. She has been a guest on my show before and everybody loved her. So I had to bring her back, not only because she is so brilliant, but also because she is now my personal coach. And every single time I talk with her, I get some form of wisdom and breakthrough. So I knew that I had to share her with you guys again, because she is someone who's so influential and amazing in my life. She's a best-selling author, a keynote speaker, a master coach. She has her own podcast and she is a TV host. She has written books uh, entitled 20 something, 20 everything, the 20 something manifesto, expectation hangover. So maybe you guys have read a few of her books. She's absolutely amazing. And on today's podcast, you guys, we talk about so many incredible things that are going to help you move forward. We talk about boundaries being confused for barriers. We talk about dealing with your past so that you can shift how you relate to yourself in the present and create a different future. And she really shares so much about how important it is to deal with our past and how we can actually do that in a safe and sacred way so that it doesn't impact our future or continue to impact our future. It's really about giving yourself permission to invest in yourself and take that time, whether it be monetary investment or time investment or whatever that looks like for you and what's most important. And you guys, she's also offering a course that I am partnering with her on. If you are interested and you also want her to be your coach, but on an online presence, you can definitely take her course and the link is in the show notes. And by doing that, if you go through the link in the show notes, which is lauriharder.com forward slash Christine, I am going to gift you three months free of my body and soul program, which is a workout plan. You get three workouts per week that you can do at home. These are super quick, effective, massive results, and you also get a free meditation every month with that and a book club and so much more. You get access to my personal amazing tribe. So you guys, if you want to learn more about that, go to lauriharder.com forward slash Christine. And when you sign up, we will be sending you an email later on about your access to my programs. So if you guys are interested, definitely go check that out. Otherwise, just listen to all of the amazing nuggets that Christine shares on this incredible podcast. So let's get started. Christine, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to have you on the show again. I adore you. I love your tribe and I'm just so happy to be here. So you guys, I have had Christine on the show before and I loved it. Actually, I know she was one of your favorite podcasts. Mm. So this is so exciting to have you back. So if you guys want to hear her complete story, I want you to go back. I'm going to link up the show notes and you can hear her whole story. But Christine, I would love if you would expand just a little bit on how you got into what you're doing now. Yeah, it was definitely not planned, which is surprising because <laughs> I've been such a planner my whole life. I'm a total Virgo, plan things out mm. and, and like to have like to have control, mm. which I'm sure a lot I of need people you in can my relate life. to. <laughs> I think you're doing okay. <laughs> um, so for me, you know, what I do now is I've been a master life coach for 12 years now. I wasn't a master when I started, obviously. Um, but definitely have done my 12,000 hours and in mm. writing books and speaking and teaching retreats and just in the world of helping people step into their full potential and get out of suffering. But that needed to start with me. So from a very young age, I had a feeling of feeling like I didn't belong. Mm. And I think, gosh, so many of us feel that way. And whenever we have that feeling of feeling separate or not belonging, 
we have to find some way to compensate. And so my way of compensating was to become this massive overachiever. Mm. I was very lonely. I, was, I got kind of sad at a young age. There was some teasing that happened. But mostly it was just like this longing to belong, the longing to be liked. And then I also was diagnosed with depression when I was 11, 11 or 12, and started getting really bad headaches. And so I also formed the belief that something's wrong with me, like I'm broken in some way. And whenever we have those less than feelings, we have to find a way to compensate. We have to find a way to survive. We have to find a way to feel more than or better than. I've I've since called it a compensatory strategy. And they're very, very useful to a certain extent. We'll unpack that later. But Mm -hmm. my compensatory strategy was I'm going to achieve. I'm going to get great grades. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the smartest girl in the class. If I don't have any friends, at least I'm going to be successful. And so at a very young age, I was like committed to being successful and straight A's. My parents would beg me to get a B. They'd be like, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, Christine. I'm like, no, I have to get, if I had a B, it was, it was traumatizing. Mm. So I just started putting pressure on myself super young and it was confusing because it was effective. Like if I pressured myself and I was hard on myself, I'd study harder, I'd get better grades, and then I'd get that external validation. Uh, Oh, like you got the A. Oh, Christine, we're going to give you this award. So these strategies that end up kind of being depleting, mm. they get us validation in some way or a sense of acceptance or a sense of recognition because we all just want to feel seen and understood. Mm -hmm. And so they stick around. Like people pleasing is another example Mm. of that, of Mm -hmm. like, or you know, caretaking is another example of that. Oh, wait, this is the thing that gets me liked. This is the thing that helps Mm -hmm. me belong. This is the thing that makes me feel safe. Like I better hang on to it, often at our own expense. So this kind of overachieving compensatory strategy just pushed me and drove me. I went to college, graduated with, you know, a high GPA there. P.S. No one ever asked you what your GPA is after college. Like I worked my butt off and it really didn't matter. Just make t-shirts yeah, with it on Exactly. There. I should. I should. I should tie to it. This Hi, look at my, my shirt. GPA. Look at this. Um, and then I moved out to Hollywood to pursue a career in the entertainment industry because I mm. think as a kid, TV was my best friend. Mm. Um, I, I love TV and I, I also was an actor as a kid because since I had so much trouble socially, my parents had a really great idea to get me into acting classes. So at least I could express in some way. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was great for me because when the camera went on, it was TV acting. When the camera went on, it was like, oh, I have permission Mm. to, you know, kind of be big Mm -hmm. big or, and to shine Mm -hmm. and to, and to quote unquote be somebody else. Mm. So it was a great way to escape myself and just play a character. Um, and I actually moved out to LA before I graduated for a summer and tried the whole acting thing and went on auditions and was like, wow, this is a lot of rejection. I don't think I could handle this. Mm. And you can't control that. And going back to my like (laughs) little addiction to control. So I was like, I don't want to be an actress. I want to work on the other side of the camera. And so I studied TV and film in college, moved out to LA, became an agent super, super young and uh, thought that like I, that would make me happy because when I do this, then this happens. I lived in the when then it's like, when I have this great job, then I'll feel confident when I make Mm. this amount of money, then I'll feel safe. When this guy likes me, then I'll finally accept myself. When I lose this amount of weight, then I'll feel good in my body. It was so, my self-acceptance was so conditional. It was entirely conditional. And I'd achieve those things and then like the bar was always raised. So I reached a point where I was like 25, 26. I was hating my job. Mm. And I was ashamed that I hated it because it was really good from the outside. And I didn't know what else to do because I didn't have a plan B. I was successful at plan A. And I really thought about, do I want to quit? Overanalyzed it and then finally decided like, I've got to get out of here. And um, of course I came up with a plan B. I was going to go be a personal trainer and (laughs) be big in the fitness industry Mm -hmm. and like that whole being big thing. Mm. I think it was because, you know, when I was younger, I so longed to be part of the popular crowd. Yeah. It's just about being seen. And I thought maybe if I was big or famous in some way, that would... Lots of people would like you. Yeah. It's like love insurance. Love love insurance. And it would like Mm -hmm. fill that wound, but Mm -hmm. it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So I ended up quitting. um, And then in a short amount of time, things just got worse. Um, I had a big blowout fight with my mom that let us not to speak for a while. And she was like my person. Mm. I got way, I got sick. I already had depression and anxiety. And then my body started falling apart and 
was in tons of debt and then was engaged and six months before my wedding my fiance broke up with me Mm. so I lost everything I really was clinging to for identity and certainty you know Mm -hmm. family money health love all that kind of stuff um and it really I had been working with a coach her name was Mona since I was like 22 and I was kind of applying what she was telling me and Mm -hmm. I'd go every week and complain about my boyfriend or my job or whatever (laughs) thinking that that was the answer like if I just change these external things then everything will change and when all of that when the rock bottom really hit Mm -hmm. then I got more serious about really listening and applying what she said and because I realized that the common denominator and everything that went quote unquote wrong was me Mm. and I could beat myself up for that I could be a victim for that or I could start to ask, what am I learning? And that's when I became just so passionate about reading every self-help book, going to seminars from Landmark Forum to, you know, women's empowerment workshops to just like it just consuming everything I possibly can, could, and then working with my own coach at the same time. Um, and through all that, I realized that um, maybe it, I was going through something that other women could relate to. And so I had the idea to write my first book, 20-something, 20-everything about just what women go through in their 20s and how it's a really confusing time and it's not the time where we're supposed to know all everything and wrote that book it did well people started asking me to coach them from that point and also like I idolized Mona like she helped me so much mm-hmm. and I was like I want to do that like I want to mm. I really want to do that like you know when you see someone that's extraordinary at something mm-hmm. and they impact you greatly it it she was just extraordinary and it impacted me greatly and I think that that was such an inspiration for Mm. becoming a coach Mm. well that's one thing I know about you for sure is that when you love something you master it I really I've read Mm. your books I listen to your podcast I absolutely love them and I know so many people who've worked with you and listened to you and love you so you really are a masterful coach Mm. so that's why I was so excited to have you on today and to dive in even more so something that you just said was really intriguing and I think it also opens up the conversation a little bit more about realizing that you are the common denominator yeah and that is very powerful but at the same time I don't know if people get there very often So maybe for somebody who's in that position right now, who I I think we always know, I think we always internally have a gut feeling that it might be us, but maybe we don't want to change something. So was there a shift in you with that? Was there something that you had to do in order to, or was this just like you had, you had kind of hit that place? I'd hit, I, well, I'd hit that place and it was pointed out to me. Mm. Ah, yes. You know, that's the great thing about having a coach and starting to read a lot of this information and I I couldn't deny that oh wow like yeah this this I did have something to do with all of this hmm. and the victim place is a comfy place to be you know the this happened to me and poor me because that's another way we get love and attention mm-hmm. is by you know having a kind of a pity party mm-hmm. and often people confuse sympathy with love mm-hmm. and it's not like sympathy is not love wow that's so powerful I was using that for a while when I first got married to mm. Chris like just using my anxiety as this crutch to you know he'll still love me because I'll just say I, I am anxious and it's the reason why I'm not going to do these things that I want to do yeah until he called me out and you need those people. That's why it's important to either keep them in your life, even though sometimes we hate those people, or hire a coach. That's yep. huge. Read the books. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, so how and, did you know to hire your coach? Well, <laughs> I didn't. I was <laughs> like, it was like, I was, I think I was 22, 23 and I was still working in Hollywood and I was at lunch with one of my mm. friends, Kristen. And at the time I was dating an addict mm. and it was me telling the same story to her mm. and complained about the same thing without really changing anything. And she looked at me and she said, just go see this woman. She's kind of kooky, but go see her. And I said, I've been seeing shrink since I was 11. I'm sick of, I can psychoanalyze myself to death. <laughs> no. And she said, she's different. And by this was, you know, years ago. So coaching wasn't really a term. Mm. Um, so I think I thought she was a counselor or something. Okay. And so I went for the first time and to her house in the valley and like I never went to the valley <laughs> it's better be good you guys know it takes a while to get good. there <laughs> it takes a long time to get there there's a lot of traffic and I thought oh, it's 
at her house. That's kind of weird. And then she opens the door and she's like in sweats. I'm like, this is so unprofessional. And I was <laughs> judge, couch? judgy, McJudgy. <laughs> and, um, and then she put me in her son's room. I think it had race car bunk beds. And I was like, oh, this is really unprofessional. <laughs> and, and she knew, she knew exactly what she was doing. Yeah. And, um, we sat down for the first time and it was the really the first time in that kind of setting that I felt so unconditionally loved and seen. It was just her mm. presence. And in the past, I felt like when I was in more therapeutic se- settings and I'm, I could be totally projecting this on the therapist, but it was more like they were, we were both looking at me like something's wrong and we need to fix it. Mm. And that's not so useful mm. to come from that place because you're just reinforcing something's wrong. And so that was really the shift for me was like having that experience. And, and, oh, Lori, there were so many times where I quit on her Mm. because she, there was a lot of tough love and, um, she'd say things or suggest things and I wasn't willing and I'd, I'd be like, she's wrong and Mm. whatever. And I'd like stray for a bit and then. Mm. the same kind of problems would come up. Mm-hmm. And so I'd go back. And she never said I told you so. She always welcomed me with open arms. But it was a different kind of experience. Mm. So the word that you just said is willing. Uh, and that's such a powerful word because that's all you have to do. Is I think some people get so overwhelmed by I have to change my life. But it's, you know, I have to change my life and do all of these things. And what if I'm getting my joy from this right now? And that's a scary place. Yeah. Like if all your joy is pending on going out or drinking or this relationship and the thought of taking it away is like you death. It is. It's, it's our coping devices and the things that we seek out for fulfillment. Um, if, if anyone suggests maybe they're not healthy or maybe we need to change something again, like all those survival patterns come up and our grip on them gets tighter. And then the rebel in us comes up because mm-hmm. we all have that inner rebel. That's like, don't tell me what I need to do. Like, mm-hmm. don't tell me that I need to like one thing Mona said to me was stop drinking. Mm. And I was like, and I was never a big drinker, but it was, I was, you know, it was part of my life. And she's, she's like, it's going to be hard for you to get clarity if you're drinking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't believe that. And then she also <laughs> said, you don't need to be on antidepressants. And I'm like, I have a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. And if I were diabetic, I'd take insulin. And because that's what the doctors told me. Right. And she's like, you don't, you can get off them. And it took me, it was another eight years before I got off of them. Mm. But she just really challenged my belief system. And that's, you want to feel that. Like we want our belief systems to be challenged. We don't want to just be able to like explain the way we are based on our past that, that gets us somewhere, gets us some awareness and it makes things make sense. But until we're uncomfortable and until our belief systems are really challenged and until we start to do things differently that are hard, Mm -hmm. change doesn't happen. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like you always talk about, like it takes resistance Mm. to get stronger. Mm -hmm. It's not just about awareness that's so Mm. not I wish it was Mm -hmm. I wish just knowing things was enough but it's not so why do you I'm just so curious why do you think that we do that I I can look back on my past history and just so many people around me and and still in my family right now is clinging to they need a diagnosis they need a title they need something for why they are not happy and we refuse to look at ourselves yep because it's, I, I think there's a lot of reasons why, mm-hmm. one, we sort of live in an out-in world, mm-hmm. like that, that our external experience is what dictates our internal experience, and nothing could be further from the truth. And I think that we perpetuate, and we're waking up, thank God we live in a mm-hmm. time where we're really waking up, but I do think we live in a more of a victim consciousness. Like even if we look at healthcare, mm. If you go to the doctor and there's a disease, it happened to you. And there's not the question of, okay, like what is your body trying to tell you? And how did this, how did this happen? Like, let's look deeper at the the thoughts and the belief systems and the unresolved issues that could be perpetuating this. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that kind of just the way the world is reinforces that the world happens to me, mm-hmm. not for me or by me. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it really is. And, and I also think that because so many of us are so hard on ourselves, 
it's a delicate, delicate balance to start taking personal responsibility without beating the crap out of yourself. Because part of my whole awareness of, okay, I'm the common denominator in this was, oh, oh no, like I'm the common (laughs) denominator, I suck. (laughs) Like I'm doing it all wrong Mm. and we don't want to go there either. So, you know, back to your question about why more, why it's hard or why, you know, we don't kind of look to being responsible is one, I don't think we have a lot of tools. Mm -hmm. Two, I think it's really hard and it requires a level of self-honesty and self-compassion that I think a lot of us just have a hard time accessing. Mm -hmm. Like self-compassion is essential And from what I've seen and doing this work for as long as I have, both as my own best client and working with thousands of people at this point, Mm -hmm. we all could really up our Mm self-compassion because we think that being critical and hard on ourselves is the way to make things happen and it's so not. Mm -hmm. That's such freedom, number one, to take ownership. Mm Mm-hmm. And two, if we can equally take ownership and have self-compassion at the same time, it's like the perfect combination. And acceptance too. (laughs) Like, okay, I don't like what I've created Mm -hmm. up until now Mm -hmm. and I'm going to shift it. Mm. Like my coach Brandy that I work with now is so good about that with me because, you know, I'm still unraveling that old kind of pattern. Mm -hmm. And when like I, something happens or I manifest something that's not exactly (laughs) what I wanted, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's like okay oops (laughs) and let's readjust Mm. and we have that we have that power and I think there's phases to this I think that a lot of people consume a lot of you know personal growth information and know about the law of attraction and know about manifesting but aren't able to manifest exactly what they want and then get hard on themselves and back to I'm failing at personal growth Often before we get to the place of really being able to create more, what's more in alignment with what we want, we have to do the inner work Mm. and process the past and heal some old wounds to really learn who we really are. Because a lot of times what we want is coming from a core wound. Mm. It's not like a true desire that's in alignment with our soul. We want it because we want it because we think it's going to make mm. us feel better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want the money because that's going to mm-hmm. help me feel safe. I want the guy because I didn't have a dad who was around. And if a man loves me, then I'm finally going to feel mm. good. And I'm mm-hmm. finally going to feel seen. And so we have to look at if the things that we want, the things that we're trying to quote unquote manifest and the things that we're throwing up on our vision board are from a place of, trying to fill a wound or in our true alignment with like our soul's yearning. And in my experience, like I couldn't like hear my soul's yearning and my true authentic voice until like I removed a lot of layers Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of other people's voices in my head. There are a lot of belief systems. There was a fierce inner critic and it was more of an excavating process before it was a creating process. Mm. And that can get really confusing because you know, as a kid or when you get that love or when you don't have that love, it feels so locked in at a cellular level that you're like, no, this feels like my soul. It does. Cause I am feeling it everywhere. I'm feeling yep. it in my heart. I'm feeling it in my gut. So it can be really confusing until you, it, you know, when I noticed that all of the different things would come up, I'm like, wow, yeah, I still don't think that's my soul. I still think that that is something that I'm trying to please from, you know, being a child because yeah. it's so locked in. It's mentally. so locked in and it's such a pattern. It's so habitual. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm, do you know the iceberg theory? Mm, of, what you see on the, yeah, it's like, um, you know, only about three to 5% of our behavior is consciously driven, Mm, you know, what we can see on the top of Mm -hmm. the iceberg. And so much of like what is underneath the water, like kind of our unconscious Mm -hmm. stuff that's there, the files are there. And, and in personal development, we can start to bring more of that into conscious awareness, but it's just so habitual. Mm -hmm. And, and same thing with me with successful. And I had the people pleasing in there too, but with the successful thing, it's like, I really thought that I wanted to push as hard and be uber successful and drive. Mm. And I've learned that that is really not what my soul wants. Mm. It does not want to push and drive and be super ambitious. Mm. Like it really doesn't. It wants to connect Mm. and create. 
It's so interesting. Mine coming out right now, you sharing yours is like spurring mine. Um, it's, I wanted to be successful so that I could buy stress-free lives for people. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to pay for people for them to like me as in family members. Yep. I just want to connect yep. in the worst way. Yeah. When really we just go to the thing that we become really good at because we're driven by that pain and fear. And we're rewarded for yeah, it. Yeah, totally. And then it, it becomes easier than the connection. Mm-hmm. Than the actual like facing what would connection look like now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because when we have like when we wear all these masks mm-hmm. and we have this kind of persona that we developed, connecting and and being truly intimate. Because in order to have like real heart, soul connection, mm-hmm. which is different than like we have similar interests connection, yeah. we have to have intimacy and like really be available to be seen. Mm-hmm. for all our for everything mm-hmm. the things we call our faults and all those types of things and until well, at least for me until I was more comfortable with being intimate with myself mm. and seeing like myself underneath all the masks it, it was hard to show up that way with people like I was just awkward I was like I don't know who mm-hmm. I need to be <laughs> yeah that can be a scary place for people with you know, maybe, maybe they are trying to connect with people who have given them pain before because it can feel extremely vulnerable. Like, especially if you were good at giving yourself pain yeah. when you felt, you know, weak or like you didn't do a good job. Just the same thing with family, parents, friends trying to make, reconnect or rekindle or maybe new relationships. It's like, well, I'm not going to be caught with my guard down. Yeah. Yeah. Those walls go around yeah. our heart and, you know, I think we confuse boundaries for barriers sometimes and I I, sometimes I think we don't have boundaries where we need them Mm. and one thing that I um, wrote in expectation hangover is don't go to a Chinese restaurant when you want nachos because <laughs> I love food. So yes. I have many, many food analogies. I, well, I dig them. So yes, I, um, so and, and we do that. It's mm. like, we so want our parents in this case, we'll make them the Chinese restaurant <laughs> to serve nachos Yeah, and we bring them the ingredients and we tell them how, and they still can't do it. Mm. And part of, I think, taking responsibility for our lives is and managing not having an expectation hangover is knowing who we can go to for certain things. Mm-hmm. And so often, and I tried to do this, and I've seen a lot of people try to do this, we try to change ourselves through other people. Mm. You know, if only they would change, then I would feel so much better. And we mm-hmm. got to give people, as one of my teachers said, the dignity of their process and mm. know that we cannot change people even if like we love them so much and we really think we know better they we just can't mm-hmm. it's yeah. so frustrating uh, especially as a people pleaser it was also like I was a fixer and man it's just the ugliest job to try to take on because you just get oh, more and more like annoyed irritated sad stressed and then you also feel like a failure right you do you exhaustion like yeah because you'll never change people and then you're, and then also like your self-trust suffers mm-hmm. because like mm. your inner self is going, um, hello, what about me? Hello, has this mm. gotten about me? And so we, when we can't trust ourselves, then, oh my gosh, decisions become hard. Our health can suffer. It's really hard to hear intuition. The monkey mm. mind takes off even more. Like we need that self-trust to feel safe in our body mm. and to be present and if we're betraying ourselves by putting everyone else above ourselves, then it just, it like is a self betrayal, mm. which is no fun, which is the worst kind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm really excited about this because you have a course coming out and I think I'm just going to take it. So <laughs> <laughs> probably will actually, um, so over it and on with it. And the thing that I wanted to know, I really wanted to dig in because you love to dig in. I love to dig in. You love to dig in. And I love to dig in and I love to learn from you. So I really wanted you on to be able to share with everybody some of the main takeaways from this course that you feel like could really help shift people. Maybe some blind spots that we are not seeing. So why did you create this? Oh, I love this course. And I had the I should create an online course for years because I saw all my friends in the industry and I've been in it so long, like of, of like our generation. Like Mm -hmm. I started so long ago and 
you know, my comparison, I'd fall into a comparison coma every once in a while and be like, well, that person has an online course and that person has an online course. But I so love that you did that though. Like that, this makes it even juicier because (laughs) all the things you had to deal with to get this out, I mean, and you're, you are one of the most masterful speaker coaches that I, Mm, I personally know. So I love that because I know it's going to be even better because of those emotions you had to go through to get it out. Yeah. And I had to wait because before last year when I created it, um, with my team, it was my main motivation was should, Mm. um, everyone has passive income. Like everyone has an online course. Like I should, it was all should, it was all push. Mm. There was no pull. And looking back, I mean, hindsight's always 2020. There was a next level I needed to get to Mm. inside myself to really feel in in integrity with holding the container that this course Mm. holds. And so I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I share that for a couple reasons, but to all of you shooting on yourself, (laughs) um, sometimes that's feedback. You're just not ready yet. Mm -hmm. So wait until it's a pull, like wait until it's an inspiration and it doesn't feel like a should. It really feels like a choice. It feels like a want to, Mm. cause then, then it's not coming from a void. There's so much yes to that. I just want to, I want to like do this. Yes, dance. <laughs> yes, because it's. Yes, I feel dance. felt that with my book. I'm. Mm-hmm. I know why it didn't come out the four years ago when I was like, I need a book now. Yep. I should have. Everyone was telling me I should have one, and I was like, so glad I was pulled. I love that you said that because what does it feel? Can you just tell real quick what does it feel like from should to being pulled? Well, it like phys- physically. Let's yeah. think about being pushed. Like if I come up behind you and push you, doesn't feel so good. It moves mm-hmm. you, but it's it doesn't feel good. If I stand in front of you and extend my hands out and pull you toward me, it feels a lot better. And you can see where you're going too. Mm-hmm. And so a pull feels like when you think about doing it, it doesn't feel heavy. It feels exciting. It feels creative. And I think especially for women, mm-hmm. we need to feel like we're giving birth to something, like we're creative, not like mm-hmm. we're pushing and driving mm-hmm. um, to really be able to create from our feminine, mm. you know, let our masculine respond to our feminine. So I, I had to have a lot of masculine energy to get this course out. There's mm. a lot of like things that needed to be done, but I, I did my best to let my feminine lead and let the masculine respond. If I'd done wow. it sooner, it would have been my masculine driving, driving, driving. Mm-hmm. And my feminine energy would have been like, oh, what about me? <laughs> um, and, and it wouldn't have been as good of a course because it wasn't um, – you know, when you, when it's a pull, it feels like it's from your heart. Uh, I love that you, okay. So I've not had children, but I can only, okay. So here, that was the most powerful, um, comparison for me though, because I was going to say, but there, I don't want people to get it confused with you're going to, cause it's very, the pull happens. Like it's sometimes it's quick yeah. and sometimes you have to cling on to that feeling of what it, you're like, I was pulled for a little while there, yeah, yeah. but now the push is coming. Yeah. It's like giving birth. I yeah. can imagine like, okay, the, the excitement is right here, but man, you're about to scream. Mm-hmm. Like you are about to go mm-hmm. through it mm-hmm. and then you're about to get excited. Yep. So yep. that was such a beautiful comparison. Cause that's how it feels. It does. It, it's <laughs> such a roller coaster. Yes. It's such a roller coaster. Um, but yeah, that the should energy has to be off Yeah. and the comparison energy has to be off because then, then it's like, how do we, really step into our uniqueness. Mm. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I have been really super blessed with the teachers I've had. Mm-hmm. Mona, my coach that I um, was talking about in the beginning, died in a car accident several mm. years ago. And so I feel like a lot of her work lives through me. Mm. Um, and so that was one of the things, like really wanting to like integrate that and share that. And then, yeah, I have my master's degree in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica. That's a huge foundation of my work. And that's a highly experiential school. And I learned mm-hmm. so much. And both Mona and USM and other teachers that I studied with and, and workshop leaders, they all talked about this holistic approach mm-hmm. to change. That we're not just a mind. We're not just our emotions. We're not just behavior. And we're not just spiritual. And... For me, like I had to work on every level, emotional, mental, behavioral, and spiritual to really heal and to really change. And one of my most disliked expressions is time heals all wounds. Mm. I'm like, I don't want to (laughs) wait for time. Like how long do I have to wait till Mm -hmm. I'm dead? Like if I can speed up that process so I'm not living, 
you know, in a way where I'm just trying to like put band-aids over Mm. my wounds and just survive. Like I want to thrive. And I never thought I could have the life I have. I never thought I could be off antidepressants. I never thought I could have the relationship I have with myself, the friends that I have, Mm. like the abundance that I have. And so for me, and I know you relate to this, when you're like, holy moly, like, how to do that. You, <laughs> yes. you want to share it with people. Yeah. You really mm-hmm. want to share it. So, and then in, in doing the podcast and, and coaching people live, and then so many retreats and so many one-on-one clients, like I started to see patterns of what worked, what worked for me, what worked for my clients. I'm always my best clients. I sometimes set up two chairs and like coach myself <laughs> and I teach that exercise <laughs> in the awesome. course. Um, and so I was like, how can I serve more people? Because mm-hmm. it shifted from, I should, and this could make more money to wait a second. Like there's only one of me. Uh, how can I serve more people? And how can I also help like people that want to help people, coaches, parents, like how can I teach them these tools so they can use it with their clients? They can use it with their children because Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, personal development is a luxury item. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't learn, we don't learn how to process our feelings in Mm -hmm. school. And that was, that, that was the inspiration was like, Mm -hmm. how do I serve more? And so the course is, um, it's a six week process. It's, it's, I teach it live. So I'm going through with everybody and there's a lot of support and it's taking people through something they want to get over and something they want to get on with. You can do it multiple times and pick different things. Uh, but it's that, that dealing with the past, really shifting the way you relate to yourself in the present and creating a different future. Mm. And like I said, we, it's that holistic, we go through the emotional, mental, behavioral, and spiritual levels of it. Oh, that's really powerful because a lot of times we can tend to focus on just one of those things. Yeah. And, or you can just be so focused on business in the future, but for some reason you just can't seem to get to your goals. Exactly. Because your past is like, hi, you're going to, you're going to need to deal with me before we can even start meeting the people we need to meet. Yep. Or or (laughs) feel, or like not feeling anxiety or not having like chronic health problems or whatever it may be, or not being able to lose the weight or whatever it is. Like the, the past does, um, it does impact our future mm-hmm. if we don't deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the first, well, the, the second module, the first is kind of setting everything up, but the second is the emotional level because this is the one I wanted to run from. Mm. This is the one that most people want to run from. And it's foundational because we feel like we are, we think a lot, but we are feelers and yeah. we kind of store everything that happens and any suppressed feelings we have about it in our body and in our psyche. And if we don't get those feelings up and out, then it's the depression, it's the anxiety, it's not being able to listen to our intuition, it's not being able to achieve the goals, it's not being able to lose the weight, whatever it is. And so I really, really wanted to bypass my emotions with my Mm -hmm. mind. I wanted to talk my way through them. I wanted to just distract myself from feeling. Mm -hmm. I didn't think... I was angry. I didn't think I was sad. I just didn't have what I wanted, Lori. Mm -hmm. Like if I could just have what I wanted, that would just solve everything. Mm -hmm. And again, like back to Mona, there was one session where she came in with a big pillow duct taped and a tennis racket and gardening gloves and gave me the gardening gloves and the tennis racket and said, hit that pillow and scream. And I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. You're now I know you're crazy. (laughs) Uh, But she's like, you're angry. I'm like, I'm not. (laughs) really and that's when she told me she called it rinsing Mm -hmm. and it was it wasn't just catharsis it wasn't just hitting and screaming it was like riding a memory or riding a feeling Mm. and and starting to let the anger the sadness and the words come up and there's something about being able to to hit something or Mm. scream that starts to move that energy out of our body and um I call it releasing versus recycling emotions because mm. most of the time when we have an emotion, we squelch it. We just stick it back in there or we have a cry, but we're judging ourselves the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really release. And this working on the emotional level, like has been so foundational for me. And it's not like I'm saying you have to, for the rest of your life, be crying and beating pillows. Like right. you can, you can get some of the core stuff out there. There's very, few times I need to do a lot of emotional release work Mm -hmm. now it definitely comes up Mm -hmm. but 
there was a time in my life where I was doing a lot of it because it was just decades of stuff I didn't feel, stuff that I was just strong Mm -hmm. about, stuff that I just went into my mind about, stuff that I felt shame to feel. Mm -hmm. You know, like one thing that a lot of us, especially if we have parents that we think we're good parents, it's really hard to look at anger we have towards them. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. some, it's easy. It's like, oh, I'm really pissed at my mom and I know why. But for (laughs) others, it's it's kind of hard to look at that stuff mm-hmm. um, or look at anger we have at ourselves, or look at, you know, or the other thing is the fear of like opening that box. Mm. This is a big one. Like if I look at my anger about my abuse or look at my sadness about my abandonment, like, will I go crazy? Mm-hmm. Will I ever get to the other side of that? And yes, with the tools and support you can. And mm-hmm. so that was another why for the course was, I felt a lot of people like flailing around, especially on the emotional level. And they try to get to just changing their thoughts. But it's really hard to rewire your brain if you've got unprocessed emotion Mm -hmm. in your body. Is that making sense? Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, I've actually had some really great spaces in the last year to two years where I've had the beating on the pillow moments Mm -hmm. or just the, just for me, it's, I'm a verbal processor. Like I need to put, the words to it I need to put maybe some like screams to it or like guttural just just sound and speaking I need to just cry it out speak it out whatever it is like literally my husband's allowed me to process on walks I had this beautiful space in Costa Rica with some women who it was just like three of us sitting knee to knee just Mm. kind of crying and yelling and getting things out but let me tell you I didn't want to do it like I was so resistant I'm resistant even on the walks I take with with Chris sometimes like because it doesn't feel good for me to talk bad about people and yet sometimes you need to process it you need to say terrible things about them Mm -hmm. if you feel that way if they did something to you or maybe you know you just have to get all of that anger out and that's been one of the most powerful things for me is to be like this is my space it's okay it doesn't even have to get taken care of on this walk it just needs to start coming up and start to by it's crazy how by the end of an hour for me I'm like wow, just even saying it like cleared space for me to think. Yep. Otherwise it's taking up so much room. It, it does. It's energetic. It, yeah. And a lot of times we don't want to say it out loud, but I'm like, but it's inside creating like toxic thoughts and cells and sucking energy. Like oh you God. just get it out. And you know, I show people in the course, I demonstrate mm-hmm. anger release. Like Amazing. I get down on the floor with a pillow yeah. and a beater tube and I show people how to do it and you see That's me do awesome. it. Yeah. Cause it's like, That's know, permission and freedom. I love yeah, that you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they need to see it's not, cause we're often scared of our own voice. You know, yeah. we're scared of using our voice and gosh, can we just talk about how many women have thyroid problems? Mm. Hello. Mm-hmm. It's like wanting to like speak your truth and yeah. It's so much better to get it out in that way, like processing with friends or on your walk or screaming or hitting a pillow than tearing a waiter's head off or yeah. or like being a road rager or it leaks in other ways if we Always. don't get it out or it's self-directed, mm-hmm. you know, and that's so not healthy. Like we never want to be angry at ourselves, but it's, mm-hmm. it's powerful when I facilitate women's retreats. I always facilitate like a grief release and an anger burn. Mm. and it's always the women that are like I'm not angry I don't want to do this <laughs> that like end up just going for it and like, and, like are like sweating down. and like they turn into like Kali warrior woman by the end they're like that was amazing I feel so alive I'm like yeah because you get all that crap what out what else can we light on fire <laughs> you know it's crazy I've had the cops the cops have shown up once <laughs> and it was so funny I was doing a retreat it was in the Gory Hills and um, we were doing the anger burn and the cops show up and the and and um, the women couldn't see because they were so in it. And I go to the door and I'm like, hello. And, and he, <laughs> Hi, Hi, don't mind them back there. <laughs> He's like, what's going on? We hear women screaming. I'm like, and I told them, I'm like, well, women, you know, we repress a lot of our emotions and we end up really irritable. And, and so this is just a way to like express our emotions and, you know, and the cop looks at me for a second and I'm like, is he going to arrest me? Like, what's going to happen? <laughs> and he said, do you have a card? <laughs> I think my wife <laughs> used my this. Wife needs to come here. <laughs> She never showed up, but it was hilarious. That is amazing. Yeah. I would have been freaking out too. And he's yeah. like, can I please send my wife here? I know. I know, but we have so much shame about mm. our rawness. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, for people listening, like 
complaining about your problems and talking about them is not getting you where you want to go. We have mm. a degree of comfort yeah. with Laura. Let's have a glass of wine and talk about how hard life is. Yeah. And I can go out with my other single girlfriends and be like, Oh, it's so hard to find a man in LA. You know, I can, we can go and complain mm-hmm. and you feel maybe mildly better mm-hmm. kind of sort of because you commiserate, but then you're just bonding over something negative yeah. and you're not really getting it out. Mm-hmm. You're just like recycling it. So it's just so much more freeing and liberating to just get it out and not have a judger. Mm-hmm. So the other thing I teach in the course is what compassion really feels like and why, you know, it's so great that you have Chris and you have women that can hold that space is mm-hmm. we feel a release when someone is there holding a compassionate mm. space that isn't like, let me fix you. Here's my five pieces of advice. Compassion is what helps us like be able to release it. So it's the, there's this part of us that's expressing the emotion and then there's this other part of us that we can find that's just like, it's okay, let it out. It's mm-hmm. okay, keep going, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And we need that part so we don't go into the, am I ever going to stop crying? Am I ever going to get out of this? I look ugly when I cry. What are people, you know, we need to not be in the judger. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. There was a point where I didn't know if there would be an end, but then once they, when they, when space is held like that, like, yes, yes. What else? Yes, honey. What else? Mm -hmm. Of course. Yes. What else? You're like, yes, of course. Yes. This is great. (laughs) I know. And then you just kind of get to this point where you're like, I think I'm good. Well, it's a crazy thing. I call it the temper tantrum technique. That's what I call this. And seriously. And (laughs) if you look at a kid having a temper tantrum, if you just let them be and let them have their Mm. tantrum, They first are like upset and kind of irritated and then it escalates to like rage, Mm -hmm. like red face rage and then like yelling and crying and then sobbing and then kind of the whimpering and then they move into self-soothing and they're okay Mm -hmm. if they like ride that wave through and as adults, we just, we feel something, we squash it down. We feel something, we have a drink. We feel something, let me go work. We feel something, let me check Facebook. We feel Mm. something, refrigerator. So... We need to learn how to not be squashing our feelings because it's like holding a beach ball underwater. Mm-hmm. And it's it's toxic. Mm-hmm. And you feel you you can you literally feel it. You can feel it in spots in your body. You can yeah. feel it waiting to come out and it always comes out on your loved ones typically. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I remember when I first started like studying all this stuff and I went home and I, I was really good at getting on my soapbox and preaching all these <laughs> concepts. But yeah, then I'd like snap at my mom or my dad mm. for something silly. And it's like, oh yeah, you're really a walking Gandhi over there. <laughs> like, just don't say anything. Like, just don't tell anyone I did this, okay? <laughs> and it, it's the worst, especially when they know, because yeah. then they're like, but I thought you were doing this thing. And you're yeah. like, well, I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm a secret psycho. It's fine. Um, okay. So what? What do you feel like are some of the biggest shifts? Because I know that you've had a lot of people take this course Mm -hmm. and you've had people tell you some incredible things that have happened in their life. Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple things. One, people really have deep aha moments and have that level of that, oh, I'm the common denominator. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I see how I created this. But also with a certain, with a high degree of acceptance and compassion and, and freedom. Because when you start to connect the dots in a way that feels empowering mm-hmm. versus, oh man, this is just my luck mm-hmm. and like this is just the way that I am and this is just the way it's going to be. Like when you start to realize you can tell a different story about yourself or life or even tell the same story with a different perspective on it, mm-hmm. people start to feel such a sense of liberation and freedom and empowerment. And I think a, a, a lot of the people that took the course last year, because last year was the first year we did it. Um, most people were resistant on the emotional level. Again, mm. that's where we start and that's where, you know, I'm alongside given a lot of support. But once people started using the tools in that section, it was like, oh my gosh, like I slept for the first time. Wow. Like I'm more patient with my kids. Mm. I realized I could go back and look at something really scary that happened and I, I, I was okay about it. And oh my gosh, I have more energy, things like that. And mm-hmm. stuff that they'd been avoiding for maybe a lifetime, they started feeling empowered and safe enough to go, to go and look at. Mm. Oh, I love that. So some of the reasons the biggest shifts come are, are because there 
in that safe place that you're holding, yep. asking the right questions. Yep. And then when you, those places. yeah, mm. asking the right questions and actually getting some answers. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people that took the course came in and they were like, I have not, I've tried everything. Mm-hmm. I've read every book. I've done all these other courses. What will, what will be different? And a big thing is, you know, I don't ever know what's mm-hmm. best for somebody. They do. And so I see my job as helping them find the answers inside themselves. Because mm. that's it's a whole like teach somebody the fish they eat for life, mm-hmm. fish for them they eat for a day, is that no matter what, like I, the people that finish the course, they feel equipped to be able to handle kind of anything because they, mm-hmm. have, they have the tools and they know that they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's highly experiential. Like there's a lot of exercises and things to do versus just mental concepts. Mm. But after you work through the emotional level, then it's so much easier to start to change your story and your belief systems around things. Because a lot of times it, the reason why it's hard to change our story and our belief systems is because that unprocessed emotion, it won't let us think something different mm. because it wants to be healed. So if there's an unresolved core issue, it will keep presenting as an obstacle in our life not because it wants to make us suffer, but because our soul wants to heal and we want to evolve. So it'll keep being an obstacle until we deal with it. Mm. So for so many people that took the course, like things that were an obstacle no longer were an obstacle. And they started to get clarity and started to get momentum because clarity isn't about let me figure something out. It's about removing the chunk that's Mm. in the way and then boom, there Mm -hmm. it is. Oh, that's so true. I mean, that that statement is so true and I think that's what people people go away or they try to sit and they journal and they write and and that's amazing but a lot of times they're writing on a subject or they're thinking on a subject and they want clarity around a relationship Mm -hmm. when it's just too we're way too clustered up there before we can even function or think of that other thing yeah so because you just know mm -hmm. like clarity is just you just know yeah yeah, and your answer just is like, there it is. There it is. Oh my God, I just cleaned the closet and there it was. There in the it was. Back. Yeah, there it was in the back. There's that thing I was looking for all that time. Oh, so I know that you love to be super hands on too. So you do Facebook. Yep, there's a Facebook group. There's live coaching calls with mm-hmm. me. Um, there's, there's, and the people that, you know, are, are ready and willing to do this kind of work mm-hmm. are so loving and so supported. And we, and we don't tolerate anything less. Like, right. it's so important to have a super, super safe container because a big part of the course is being willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And there's no like mandatory participation, you know, in terms right. of what you have to share on Facebook or anything like that. But it's a super safe container. And one thing that is so healing is to realize you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And what you think is your personal brand of crazy, believe me, there's so many other people <laughs> yeah. that have that, the same exact brand. Mm-hmm. So knowing that and seeing that and being like, oh my gosh, you feel this way too and you suffer from this too and oh my gosh, like, oh, I don't feel so alone because mm-hmm. I think a lot of, part of what I'm seeing in this time we're in and this really like um, uplifting of consciousness is it seems like there's a lot of us that felt like we were the black sheep in the family. Mm-hmm. It's like we were the one person that was reading the self-help books. We were the <laughs> one person that moved away from home mm-hmm. and we often feel very alone mm-hmm. because we haven't found our soul family yet, our tribe yet. Mm-hmm. And in in having, whether, you know, it's this course, I know you do this so well with your community as well. It's like you start to realize, oh, wait, like I do belong. I do fit in. There are other people like me mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. And that's so comforting because loneliness is not a good place to feel. No, it just amplifies. It's like, it grows the fear. It's like the perfect Petri dish for growth of fear. Fear and shame yes. and all kinds of yucky stuff. Totally. The, when I, I used to be alone all the time because we moved a lot when we were first married. And I will tell you, it was the perfect recipe for depression and just amplifying anxiety and feeling yeah like you are like you're the only person with that problem yeah yeah, yeah and I didn't think you know an online course could I was like don't people need to because I facilitated retreats for so mm-hmm. long I still do like, don't people need like the in-person and yeah. what we found last year is no like with mm-hmm. the calls and the Facebook group and the lives like you you feel that sense of connection yeah. and support and you know 
it's amazing because somebody that you have this total sacred connection to could live on the opposite side of the world. hundred percent. And that's just what's so mm-hmm. amazing about where we are. Mm-hmm. I haven't done a course like that, but our, our, my mastermind with my women every two weeks is always, we're mostly always via Skype and it's insane. I mean, I feel closer to them than majority of people in my entire mm-hmm. life or that I ever have. Mm-hmm. So online in as long as you can just feel them, talk to them, express, be going, moving with it. It's, it's amazing that you can actually, and when you actually meet them, yeah, it's like, I've okay. There's no, there's really no different. I mean, it's so special and it is magical, but it's not really that different, which is so beautiful yeah. that we are living in this age right now where we can find all those people and it's no longer an excuse. It's yeah. like, actually, you can get to the point where you're like, okay, um, I might need to slow down on the tribe. <laughs> I know. there's so many there's people so I many like. I, I know. <laughs> it's I know. really cool. It's I meet such a cool so experience. many cool people. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, just, just yesterday. Like I can't you, meet yeah. more people. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. There's not enough time. Hopefully, there's plenty of lives maybe that we can go. Exactly. We can go and meet Or we're just going to live until we're like 150. We are. They're going to figure something out. It's, it's all good. Okay. So what is something, um, I, oh, here was, here was kind of a question that we had talked about before, but I'll put a different spin on it. What is a question you wish more people would ask themselves? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think that it's, it comes down to like, how am I treating myself right now? Hmm. Like would I treat my best friend or my child the way I'm treating myself right now? Mm. Would I talk to my best friend or my child the way I'm talking to myself right now inside? I think that if we had more observation and compassion and awareness about our own inner dialogue mm-hmm. and how we treat ourselves, that's a, that's a game changer. Mm. You know, just that simple question, would I talk to my best friend the way I'm talking to myself right now? Like, mm. would I criticize her is hard for that speech I just gave or that book I, whatever, mm. for whatever I just did. When I criticize her is hard. Mm. Oh my God. That's such an, it's an interesting thought because I thought, what if you, what if you did talk to your best friend the exact way that you're talking to yourself? She would surely go and sabotage herself. Yeah. She would feel terrible. She'd cry. She'd drink too much wine. Yeah, she'd, she'd feel on love. Fridge, she'd ball yeah. her eyes out to other, like, it's the same, and we react the same way when we do that to ourselves, especially when we do. But we tolerate it. Yeah, we tolerate it because mm. we think it keeps us on track. We mm. think we need to. Um, we have things that we judge about ourselves that we haven't forgiven. That's another thing in the um, spiritual level. Um, I really, we really spend a lot of time on forgiveness and mm. what it really is. And this was a core thing I learned at uh, USM. They call it compassionate self forgiveness, and it really helped me understand that forgiveness isn't about condoning what happened. Mm-hmm. It's not about approval. It's not about calling up the person who abused you and being like, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. It's removing the judgments inside mm-hmm. against ourself or towards another person. And I see a lot of people try to jump to forgiveness too quickly mm. before they've processed <laughs> Yeah. the wound or the anger or whatever it may be. Um, and that's why it's in the later module, the spiritual section, because I do think it's a spiritual thing because it's a it's a soul level thing. It's a vibrational thing of, of really seeing things from not a good, bad, right, or wrong perspective. Because mm. to me, spirituality isn't necessarily religion. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. believing in God. It's more... Knowing that there's there there's a loving force that's just unconditional truth and unconditional love, and that life is a big classroom, and we're always learning, and mm. everything really is for us. And if we can get altitude and and look at anything as not good, bad, right, or wrong, but what did I learn from it, mm. then we can get to that place of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Like there's some things I've forgiven I've forgiven of myself for, and then I've forgiven others for that I never thought I could really feel like I could think it in my head I could justify it but to feel it and how you know you feel forgiveness is you don't feel angry Mm -hmm. you don't feel hurt you don't feel righteous you don't feel wrong Mm -hmm. you don't feel like a victim (laughs) because I talked to so many people they're like oh yeah I totally forgiven it I understand they were doing the best they can like I've forgiven it and but you can tell they're still really pissed off about Mm -hmm. it I'm like well 
Because then they usually say like five bad things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because that's what I've done. Exactly. I know. I know. I totally forgive her. But. But. (laughs) She was really wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I've forgiven her. But, you know, I'm still. It's still hard. Working through one. It's still hard. (laughs) Oh, still human? Yeah, me too. Yep. 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 We're never there. I was like, oh, I'm good. Then the next morning I was like, nope. Nope. That picture triggered me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep still human yep hate you just yep. kidding still here <laughs> not really still yep. there <laughs> i get it oh my god i i totally get it it's just amazing totally but get it's it. beautiful but that's oh. the fun that's the so when you say you know what spirituality is that's the the beauty of it is it almost becomes and i know it, it's gonna sound crazy to a lot of people but life becomes like it becomes fun yeah it becomes even sometimes observing myself, I'm like, yep, you're, you're a little crazy right now. It's interesting. It's like so beautiful to watch the dichotomy of the, what you thought was good or bad or these feelings that you fight and it all is just so, they all just contrast and complement each other. So it's so beautiful to watch yourself come out the other side and enjoy the elation. And you're like, wow, I really wouldn't, I didn't have this feeling even when I was just happy. It's fun to look at all the different the emotional ride that you are on and the learning and the, that comes oh, from it. Oh, it's huge. I'm like, oh, I feel so wise now. <laughs> in this one area. <laughs> from these five minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's going to go away in a sec, oh. so I might as well enjoy it. Yeah. A lot of times it doesn't. Like, yeah, this is true. It sticks. Like, I, I mean, I know you and so much yeah. is stuck. Mm. Like, there's so much that's shifted and it continues mm. to shift. You mm. know? Thank it's, you for that. It's, it's amazing. And we all have that. No one has less potential than anyone else. Mm-hmm. We all have the same amount of human potential. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, you know, are we lucky enough to learn how to use it and mm. really tap into it? Mm. Well, this is a beautiful basis for that. So if people are feeling lost or, you know, and this is also you were talking about really people who have started to wake up or who, yeah. who are awake, who maybe are doing all the work, right? Yeah. So who, who would you say that this is for? I mean, I know anybody isn't a great answer. Well, anybody listening to this show, it would yeah, be for, for sure, for, for sure, sure. because mm-hmm. you know I know what you put out and I know your tribe, and um, yeah, it, and you don't have to have like a specific thing that's bothering you. It's it's really a personal mastery course. So anyone who's looking for tools, to mm-hmm. more tools in your toolbox, and really combining how do I deal with the past, how do I shift my present, how do I create the future. Someone that's resonating with, oh, wow, like I want to approach things more holistically. Like Mm -hmm. even though my emotions are scary at times, I understand there's something to deal with and I want more tools on the mental level and I want to learn how to shift my behavior because on the behavioral level, we help you identify what your compensatory strategy is and what your avoidance trap is. Mm. So, and we help you shift that Mm -hmm. because the compensatory strategy we talked about, that was like the overachiever, the people pleasing, the caretaking, Mm -hmm. that this is what I need to do to feel loved. This is what I need to do to be successful, safe, validated, all those things. And we help you shift that Mm -hmm. so that you still get those feelings but in an upgraded way. Mm. And then we also look at your avoidance trap because as a coach, I have seen people say what they want, but spend way more time and energy avoiding what they don't want. Mm -hmm. So like my particular avoidance trap is rejection. Mm. Hate it. It triggers all my old childhood stuff. It triggers all the unrequited love. It triggers, I just don't like it. And so there have been so many times in my life where I haven't taken risks I haven't put myself out there even though I say I want certain things because I was so afraid of rejection. So we help you identify what your avoidance trap is, help you move out of it. And so these are, when we work on the behavioral level, we're not just like, what's your action step? And, you know, what's your five-step plan? And have an accountability partner. We And all that stuff is valuable. Mm-hmm. And it's there in a way, but we go kind of deeper of like, mm-hmm. Let's look at that kind of iceberg of that 95% of behavior that's unconsciously driven. Mm. Let's melt it a little bit so we can see a little more so that you can really start to shift patterns and make new habits. And then it's so much easier to take contrary action when you're not running on the same compensatory strategies and avoidance traps. Mm. It's so beautiful. So wrapping up, is there anything that you want to share with people about it? About the course? Mm -hmm. Oh, come join me. I'd just love to support you. (laughs) I am so passionate about it. And, you know, I know it works Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I've done it. 
Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing that I share in the course that I haven't done, that hasn't worked for me, that I still don't do, that I know works for other people. Like it's it's just all the best stuff that I've accumulated and created and experienced um, in my lifetime of like being so freaking passionate about humans. <laughs> mm, I love that. And it's so true for you. I can a hundred million percent say that every time I've been in your presence, something has opened up for me. Mm. I've had aha moments. You're so wise and you're so loving and you care about people. And I know what you poured into this course. And I got to see that whole journey. And I also got to see the excitement over the, how elated you were with everybody's shifts and what was happening. And it was just over the top um, transformations for people. Yeah. So you guys, I am linking in the show notes, how you can join, um, the course and you'll be able to be in her inner tribe, inner circle, Mm -hmm. Facebook lives, all this amazing stuff. And she really does know how to, uh, create the most safe, sacred space for transformation. So if you are ready to transform, you absolutely want to do this right now. It's that soul hit Mm -hmm. that, you know, it burns hot. It burns fast. It's telling you yes. And that's when you know you're supposed to do it. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Christine. I adore you. Oh, and I know this you. is just going to serve so many people. Yeah. And really give yourself permission to invest in yourself mm-hmm. financially and the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spent well over six, well, well over six figures mm-hmm. on investing in myself. And you always get a return on that investment. It's mm-hmm. like so important to get out of that scarcity. I don't deserve it mindset Mm -hmm. and do things that are like this is for me this is for my dreams this is for my healing like that's peace of mind is priceless oh it really is it is priceless to have it like even just sometimes taking a walk I'll be like I wasn't thinking for two minutes straight Mm. that's amazing that is amazing that's actually (laughs) a long time to go (laughs) yeah like just to be present is, is incredible and that doesn't happen until you really start looking at a lot of stuff. <laughs> so thank you again oh, so thank much. You. Yes. Thank you for your friendship oh and your support and totally being one of my soul family sisters. Mm, I wouldn't have it any other way. And you guys, if you love this podcast, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Hey guys, I'm just getting back on to remind you that Christine has that incredible course that she is offering and maybe the reason why you felt such incredible breakthroughs during this podcast was because she is a master coach who combines life coaching with the principles of spiritual psychology and her passion truly is to help people understand who they are, what they want and how to get it. So I am offering those three months free on my body and soul program. If you guys decide to sign up through the link, lauriharder.com forward slash Christine. So she is my personal coach that I coach with individually. And if you guys want a piece of her wisdom, she provides so many incredible nuggets, wisdom, breakthroughs in this course. So go to lauriharder.com forward slash Christine. And I hope that you get to truly experience your own shifts on this incredible course. Thank you guys. And I'm always so grateful for you and for listening into this podcast, sending you so much love until next time. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.